You are listening to episode 45 of the Bastards of Kingsgrave. Welcome back, everyone, to the intersection between A Song of Ice and Fire and everything else. As usual, this is Amin, and I'm joined by two of our recurring guest hosts. This is Katie, Lady Griffin on the forums. And this is Michal and Gazrain. And today we'll be continuing our reviews of the Avatar The Last Airbender comics, specifically The Rift Part 2. Uh, why don't we start with, uh, do we want to do a summary first and then lemon cakes, or lemon cakes first, then summary? Uh, we can do lemon cakes first. I think that's usually how it goes. Okay, so uh, what uh, lemon cakes would you give it? I'll give it a four out of five. I like It took me a really long time to actually remember what happened in the first issue, but <laughs> I was surprised at like how much I actually miss Sokka, which actually never, ever happens because I'm not a fan of Sokka, but I was reading this and I was like, oh yeah, Sokka... I, I miss the gang. <laughs> I can't remember when we did the first Rift comic. But yeah, I actually thought that there was a lot of interesting stuff that kind of connects to what's going on in uh, Korra and going into the next season of Korra. So I thought it was a lot of really good world building. Cool. Yeah, um, I'll probably also give it a four. I I liked it a lot more than I expected to, I think. Um, it I think it, you know, it juggled the plot lines well. I think it, you know, it, there were a couple of, like, genuinely surprising moments with Toph and her dad. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, even though I, I read it as fast as I possibly could about <laughs> 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I'm actually going, I was going to give it 3.5, but on the reread, I'll, I think I'll give it 3. I mean, I did enjoy it. I just, in comparison to the other two comics, I liked them more, and I just... I didn't feel quite as drawn into this one. I like Toph and I like what's going on with her, but I just didn't really like, like the overall story that was going on hmm. here so far, which we'll get into. So, uh, Katie, you have a summary for us? Sure. So this issue picks up right where the last one left off, which is essentially Toph running into her father, Lao Beifong, who immediately denies knowing her and takes off back to his office. After a brief spat with the rough rhinos, Toph breaks into the factory to confront her father again. Aang takes the acolytes to finish the rituals for Yang Chin's festival, and Sokka and Kantara investigate a secret iron mine beneath the town. Aang speaks to Yang Chin in the Avatar state and learns that she once took on a vengeful spirit named Old Man Iron, who attacked the humans who previously lived in the town centuries ago, and who had killed his friend, the spirit lady Tian Hall, or Tian Hai. The comic ends with the mine beneath the town collapsing with Toph, Sokka, Katara, Sato- Toru and others trapped beneath the rubble with only the strength of Toph's metal bending keeping them alive. And he's for value as a human being and... Okay, whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, her Nick Cage father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have to remember to read left to uh, right. I've been reading so much manga I read it backwards sometimes and it's confusing with the... Yeah, the I do that too. Uh, per page, yeah. So what do you... Uh, starting off just like as we said with Toph's father, how, how do you feel about him so far because so far it seems like a total jerk to me i don't know if he's a total okay he is a total jerk in this well, not situation. as bad as the uncle but uh no i i feel like he's obviously hurt and his expectations mm. for his daughter have not been met but i also think it's that you know sharper than the serpent's tooth the ingratitude of children king lear thing of i've given <laughs> given my life to this to this child that I deeply love and wanted to protect it and they have they have not shown me love and respect in return which is I know from Toph's point of view is not it's not fair to her but at the same time I think 
I guess she's taking the moral high ground in this in that she admits, you know, I have put you through a lot, but you should also be giving me respect. So it's just a disagreement of respect. But yeah, he should... I don't understand, like, maybe he'll be so impressed by her metal bending that he won't feel disgraced anymore because it's like, come on, you saw your daughter earthbend in the freaking show. She's awesome. How are you not, like, all over this? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I liked... um, I really liked the moment where... First of all, I like that you can see Toph's reaction in almost every uh, like panel that something shocking happens, um, and I, I thought that added a lot to it. But I like that moment where he, you know, clearly has a picture of them on his desk and like kind of moves it over when she comes in. So it's like he is. I feel like he's almost acting in a way that he feels he should. Like not that mm. it's not genuine, but he also is like, you know, this is this is what happens when people have daughters and and my daughter isn't doing this so like i guess this is what i'm supposed to do and you know it doesn't like it doesn't necessarily have the teeth that like he wants it to have um even though you know it comes across that way to tough um so yeah i mean i thought it was it was complicated i I wish they had um maybe focused a little bit more on the like the protection aspect because that was something in the show that you know like obviously her parents weren't right but like you could understand why they felt that they needed to protect Toph. Hmm. Um, but maybe after he knew she was a metal bender. I don't know. It didn't yeah, work. And it's also like the theme of the old and the new coming in where I think he is, he is insulted that she is broken with the family tradition. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I mean, I get his point of view, but it's also unreasonable and unfair. Yeah, you're right. It does fit the overall theme of like being tied to the past a bit too much to the form of things. Yeah, pretending to not know who she was after she's been missing for, I guess, the better part of a year, I thought was pretty ham oh, yeah. yeah. He seems like someone who doesn't like to appear vulnerable. Yeah. So we have uh, the rough rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> this elite th- group. I thought it was great that in the middle of this fight, Aang has a conversation with one of the soldiers. And he's like, yeah, I used to be a mercenary in Ozai's army, and look what I have to do now, you asshole. See, I actually didn't think... I thought it was interesting because I didn't think the guy was a mercenary. I thought he was maybe just, like, a guy who worked in the army and that was yeah. his job. And then it was like, well, that's done, you know? So I feel like... I have know, little sympathy for him. Like, oh, too bad you can't be concrete, like, occupying a land. Like, get a job. <laughs> get a different job. It's, it's also... I'm so used to, like, Korra unapologetically beating the shit out of people that I've forgotten yeah. just how nice Aang is. Yeah. It's like, you should find a different... A different... A better group of friends... Man, Toph and Korra, they would have gotten along so yeah. well. <laughs> they would have become, like, tyrants. Yeah. Let's beat the shit out of people! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I've... Does, is this the part of the fight where, like, Sokka has them blow up the fence so they can get to the river? Uh, yeah, it's all that same fight. Yeah, and the Acolyte kid drives the forklift and tries to murder one of the... <laughs> I love the kid! <laughs> Smush him with a forklift. I think that was the line. <laughs> it's also a little later but i thought it was it was probably like my favorite part of almost any of the comics so far is when Sokka is talking to the guy who has the dynamite in his hand hmm. i mean it's, it's it's i mean it's really funny but it's also just i don't know casually cruel the way Sokka can sometimes be where like i'm gonna threaten to have this blow your arm off but hey it's kind of funny and then he almost fails in uh getting Kills rid of them it. all yeah yeah Right yeah, back. I do like the, uh, yeah, Mikhail's going to be back in a second, but yeah, I like uh, the Air Acolytes. I like that they're, because they, they're going to play an important role in Aang's life, so it's nice they're getting some development here. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, compared to 
I guess, the sidekicks we've had before, which was like the three metal bending kids. Well, not the dark one. <laughs> he's, he's gonna we're gonna see his offspring in the show right yeah so. he's lynn's dad they need development he's got <laughs> these comics are developing the different dads of lynn's children right <laughs> the different sperm donors yeah kind of uh this comic in particular kind of points out like how the the gang is i mean it's i don't know it's kind of criticizing like you know they have people always trying to kill them and they, they barely don't do it they don't do anything and they never kill in return like not not that they should be killing people, but it, it kind of like puts a light on it. I don't know exactly what his point was to it. Maybe it's just because of Toff's rift with Aang, but just how like these people are trying to like cut them in half, and they're kind of taking it very in a in casual stride. way. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's just like the I don't know how to phrase it. I mean, they're kind of they're kids, so they kind of have that protection shield around them, and yeah, so they were never in any real danger. Yeah, and they're not going to go through like PTSD, like oh my god, we were almost blown apart. <laughs> But yeah, um, I thought the uh, Satoru, what he says to um, Toph, I mean, I mean, she's very, she's a blunt person, obviously, but she, I think a part of like kind of what she's going through is she doesn't quite understand the difference between respect and subservience. Mm. And so when she says, you know, you sniveled in front of your uncle like a coward and he's like, well, maybe to her parents, but he apparently, he feels grateful and feels like he owes his uncle due deference which you know maybe you know his uncle should be a nicer person but i don't think toff sees the difference and i think that is kind of the problem with her father is that she stubbornly i feel like she just has a hard time she has a hard time giving respect to ang and she has a hard time giving respect to her dad even when sometimes they don't deserve it Mm. so i think that ship has sunk probably satoru yeah he has the uh, hair. He has the hair. This is only there's only part two. You still have part three to bring them back together. Again. <laughs> that's the whole point. Part two is all about the fake outs and like you know Zuko's black fire or whatever. Like this whole fake, <laughs> fake outs, right? You watch. He'll have like sterilized testicles because he's working in the refinery or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I I did like that that conflict. I liked. I think I like most of the conflicts that are going on. I I think the stuff with Katara and her friend is a little random it's a bit Mm. of an afterthought yeah i mean i like the idea you know that like i I, something that i really appreciate about appreciate about these comics is that they're not just like oh there was this huge all-encompassing war and everything's fine though you know like there's continual economic and sociological repercussions i guess Mm. um which keep coming back and i you know i really i think you know gene yang does that really well um, but so I was like glad to hear like, oh yeah, you know, like we actually had to get jobs and they suck, but that's what we got, you know, but at the same time I was a little bit like, wait, why are you guys here? Yeah. It seems a little strange that I guess we don't actually know where this town is, but they came all the way from the Southern Water yeah. Tribe. Maybe they just immigrated or ex- whatever. <laughs> it seems, just seems like the Southern Water Tribe is having problems. Like they, they're just leaving. People are coming to the mainland to look for work mm. wherever it is yeah all five of them that live there oh there might be like <laughs> this type of people in like all the different cities there's like five water, like they're going everywhere they might right. i don't know what happened down there maybe they're just they can't support anything down there or yeah it has to be pretty bad if like they're willing to work in the freaking yeah. unsafe mob. maybe the uh titans came there because one of that one character looks like the character from attack on titan <laughs> I think we mentioned that before, but it's just like her freckles and face. She's cute. I like her design. Yeah, they're, they're a bit jealous of uh, Katara. Oh, why? Oh, she's yeah, yeah. Around yeah. the world and blah, blah blah. Well, she loved. Yeah, she got to 
be yeah. famous and well from a distance it seems like an easy life right but she yeah so. she i mean she had a she hunted down her mother's killer and <laughs> went through this whole traumatic experience almost got killed all the time was a fugitive yeah from the outside she seems to be i mean she's prospering now which is all yeah. they really care about what did you think about the um like well, us going like going on the new and old theme or where I think the comet seems to be going is that it seems to be going to this place where the traditions are even Aang's traditions they are and I think this was something that was started in the promise is that it's fine to uphold traditions and want to keep them uh, keep them around but it is also all right for them to change and not become stagnant and that you know make the tradition your own and I like that mm. Aang is very accommodating to well the tree where I used to eat this meal is cut down but let's have it in this restaurant and we'll improvise and it'll be our own tradition which I think is where him and Toph are going to come together in the end is like you know I am willing I'm willing to accommodate my friend in a way where we can share this thing together yeah, yeah, I mean, I was proud of him in that moment because I feel like earlier on he he would have been like, "Oh no, the tree's cut down." And it's like, "Ang, it's been a hundred years. Like, come <laughs> on." Um, but yeah, I like that he was like, "Okay, well, you know, and cabbage guy is back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cabbage, cabbage cookies. cookies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want cabbage cookies. It is interesting that um, that there was actually like actual repercussions for Ang and Roku having that argument with each mm. other or disagreement rather. And that Yang Chen took his side. Like, it's not... It's something interesting that the Avatars, like, don't become one, like, mass, you know, voice. You know, yeah. they, they all have their own perspectives and things. Yeah, they're meant to... They're not meant to bind you, they're meant to guide you. And I think, you know, Roku seemed to have so many hang-ups about what he didn't do or what he thought mm. he should have done that I don't think, like, his guidance was not useful to Aang, who needed something that was more progressive. Yeah. But yeah, Yang Chen seems like a pretty cool lady. I actually liked her a lot and she, since we don't really like I guess of the like six that we know, I think we know we knew the least about her. Hmm. Maybe Karuk we know less about. <laughs> yeah, she was interesting. I liked it. She was she has like this um I don't know. Maybe it's also that, you know, even with Korra, we haven't seen that many like full-blown female airbenders mm. just like seeing her and you know having her talk about things from that perspective and talk about them from the perspective of being a young avatar yeah. um yeah that was interesting too it's cool that she has this line where she says if you separate yourself from those who came before you will inevitably repeat our mistakes which seems to be this recurring thing in that every avatar ends up cleaning up the bullshit from the previous generation <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me wonder, like, you know, Korra is completely cut off from any sense of her past selves or whatever. And I, I, I season three didn't seem, it didn't really seem like a problem. It's like, okay, she's, she, like, Korra never really relied on talking to past avatars. I don't even think she had any conversations with them aside from Wan and Aang in that one episode. And so... Actually, now that I think about it, I guess it doesn't really have any bearing on Korra since <laughs> she never really had much of a of a use for for the past lives. Well, this I mean, this season she was just kind of fighting for her life. There wasn't really like a like it, it, it's the season after it's, it's going she's going to need advice for like political consequences of what's going on. Hmm. But she doesn't have that. Hmm. But yeah, I like. I think one of my favorite parts of this comic so far is getting the flashback back to. Yang Chen's life. Like, I like seeing that. And, and also just, like, the references to, like, the nuns and the air culture and things that, like, are gone, but it's nice learning about them. She's kind of like Korra in that she... 
maybe like a, a nicer version of Korra or a more diplomatic version of Korra in that she is, it seems like she did not grow up in a time of of turmoil where she could learn her abilities in relative peace and then she was very eager to get out in the world what was not mm. quite prepared for it but she was very confident she's like you know i've learned all four elements <laughs> apparently like finished up a day ago and now i need to get out there and help people and she has twin lemurs pick and pack <laughs> Ooh, is that what those are oh, okay. yeah they're twin lemurs which was kind of cool hmm so in that glimpse into our past life you have the uh three crones or something talking yeah. about i guess that they're talking about what happened right the, the spirit lady was seduced by the humans and now she's been destroyed by them that's basically what it's saying right yeah we don't know actually how she got killed like the king takes responsibility he says you know it's my yeah. fault that she got killed but he doesn't say why yeah it's probably something similar to the moon spirit or something like that kind of she probably yeah she probably it's going to be like come out that she sacrificed herself or something yeah I was a little curious about like when they said, you know, this this really old relationship between the these two spirits and, you know, but the the humans had like come and taken over their land and I was like, where how does this fit in with the whole wand thing? Well, didn't in his time spirits just kind of roam the planet and I guess the humans just after they left the lion turtles, they would have come into contact with spirits. But didn't didn't he separate them? Like, like weren't all the spirits put into the spirit world for the oh, most part? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, there's, there's two different ways. I mean, one, there could have still been bands of humans that did leave we would never know about. Like, yeah. they left the turtles. Or this is like in that one year, two year period. Or these guys are just left over. Because there always seemed to be a lot of spirits still sticking around. Even in the show, there's spirits that are True. around or go back and forth or whatever. And I mean, I guess, like, spirits of places seem to be more present than spirits of like just general spirits well so, iron man and, and the lady were, couldn't hear anything they were busy <laughs> they didn't hear the summons <laughs> my friend <laughs> yeah, appar- like, yeah. <laughs> apparently just standing in the ocean all day watching each other general old iron did anyone else read that as iro and was like really <laughs> confused? i just thought it was a lame name <laughs> for a spirit he just wouldn't bend. He was going to break. Yeah. His iron. Stannis, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting because they used the wand, like, art style. Yeah, that was cool. Watercolors and stuff. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, overall, I I feel like I'm happier with this than I was with the the promise. You know, I just feel like it's got, you know, it's got maybe some, some weaker elements, but I feel like the promise was just, like, very, I don't know. Like, it was harder to focus on what was actually going on. Maybe it was just everybody getting used to the comic format. But for me, this like this feels like it has purpose. You know, there's kind of a an energy to it. I'm into it. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I like the promise wasn't bad. I just wasn't engaged terribly by it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I Jin- agree. I like this, but I like the search a lot more. Jin Yang has been good about finishing. Like, the, the, the last uh, part of each comic has been really good. So hopefully this will continue with that. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. But okay, the uncle. I mean, like obviously he has some sort of connection with Satoru and like took him in or whatever. But whatever, he's a douche. I don't care. He like he took care of his nephew. Like he's just risking people just for pure profit. Yeah, he's exploiting his workers. He's no good. Yeah. I mean, that's all. I mean, Satoru. He's a loyal. That's not his problem. That's his uncle's problem. He's just a loyal, yeah. good kid. Yeah. It's it's interesting how. Like, I feel like each of these comics kind of calls to mind a different, like, 
historical wrinkle. And this is very much like, you know, sweatshop workers, factory workers, immigrants Mm. in the turn of the century having to take any job that they could and really not like being at the mercy of people who, you know, maybe are like Satoru and would would treat them well, but maybe would not, you know. And also having no safety regulations because, like, they built like the tunnels under the town with zero supports, like good support structures. That's just shoddy workmanship. Yeah, well, they found this this super supply of iron ore. It's almost unnatural. <laughs> Maybe that's because it's an actual spirit. <laughs> yeah. What would we what would you say? Like it was Keystone Pipeline meets Spirit World. That's kind of has <laughs> that. Yeah, the pollution in the river. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to notice that that glasses kid copped a feel? Yes. What? When did that happen? <laughs> when... We're not that. But I was just kind of like, okay, don't let go. Okay. Yeah, he's either being a cute kid or he's like enjoying that he's in somebody's bosom. When the earthquake was happening in the in the cabbage restaurant or whatever, the glasses kid falls on one of the girls and he's like, don't let me go just yet or something like that. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't think this. Okay. <laughs> I just really like those kids. I don't know. Like they they do to me the opposite of what Toph's kids did, which is just that, I don't know, they seem like they're not, they're not sticking out of the story, but they're, they're there when you need them to be. Yeah. Well, they're also, well, I guess they are comic relief, but I don't know, they just seem, they're not, yeah, they're not intrusive the way those others were, where they were just three annoying personalities that these people are, it's like two kind of subdued personalities and one slightly less subdued personality. I think this is a, an important transition in the development of Cabbage Corp. Like it's from going from the cart to the restaurant, right? It's just a step two. <laughs> got a restaurant, yeah. and then how did he get to Cabbage Corp? I see Stephanie. Oh, she's online. Yeah. Oh, let's get her in here then. Let's see, bad people. Uh, well, I thought that too. Though I was like, oh, we're we're seeing the transition. Although I didn't quite realize that that Cabbage Man had like such strong feelings for the specific cabbages. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's a little strange. <laughs> then you would like talk to them. The spirit cabbages. You can actually hear them. <laughs> I feel like he's a hoarder or something, and he has like <laughs> these deep personal connections to these objects because of some tragedy in his life or something. The, at the end, they're being saved by uh, Top's metal bending, which is important. Yep. Yes, yeah. Well, I, I guess hope they're... they're more complicated than just like, oh, you are such a good metal bender daughter. I have not realized this, and I love you now. Well, she's also oh. the first metal bender, right? I don't think her yeah. dad knows about like her special school in the mountains or whatever mm-hmm. with its three students. Well, maybe those, those two guys that's, that were in the thing got out and told him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it that's... Is- like to see to see this like you know i feel like we're used to metal bending now with cora mm-hmm. and then yeah. see the guy go like what what just happened she's like i'm a metal bender bitch <laughs> so. no at the end of that's gonna be like i gotta protect you even more now like <laughs> i want to put you under the satoru's protection you're gonna be a personal guard <laughs> i'm paying you to guard her do you guys think we're gonna see top in season four we have to yeah, we gotta yeah because the last chance right yeah so <laughs> She's the only one we haven't seen, right? Well, Sokka's dead. Well, yeah, but... but we saw him in a flashback. We know what he looks like. Yeah. Well, we saw we saw Toph in a flashback too. Too bad. Yeah, but so who, the I only mean... one was still around that we could see now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's alive. Well, it's good that she's confirmed that she's alive, right? Because before it was uh, a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, it was ambiguous. We do know from the show that like, she appears to have reconciled with her parents, right? Because she sends her uh, yeah to them. And that's what it sounds like. 
Yeah. Unless it's like a ba- the baby daddy's parents or something. Oh, yeah. That doesn't make sense because Toph and because Sue and Lynn don't know who their fathers are. One of them could have died like the day of the birth or something. That doesn't mean the grandparents wouldn't still be around. Yeah, but the grandparents would have told them about the kid probably. Unless they were like super jaded and bitter about it. <laughs> and they wouldn't take it. Like they would have. Uh, yeah, I think it's her own parents. Tops, tops. Like I was just thinking about this today. Like her, her paternity situation. It just, it doesn't make that much sense. What I mean, mean, I know we've talked about this multiple times. She's breaking away from the traditions. It's her no, own no, it's fine. I don't, I don't care that she had like kids on her own or anything. It's just, it's just strange that like neither Lynn nor Sue have any idea who their fathers are. Hmm. Well, people do that. Like they get sperm donations and stuff from sperm banks. It's... But not in this world, usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're not going to say, "Oh, Toph, she went to the sperm bank and you know picked out a, a like a sample she liked or Does something." Even, did they even have a sperm bank in this? So you seem like the waterbenders have like developed that, or how would they preserve it? You need serious refrigeration. They waterbenders. Hello. Yeah. She did. She did the equivalent of of that. She just went for one nighter and had to kid off that yeah I mean, it could be like a one-night stand and like she never saw the guy again or she didn't care to see him again yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it it could it just i don't know yeah like you wouldn't it's tell your, your i feel like you wouldn't tell your kid like oh yeah i got really hammered and slept with this guy at a bar and that was yeah. your dad he- really she, you she, she, she did it both times though, with no like to say that yeah it, 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 it with it seems i guess that's the way she could have done it. but you think she would have had some sort of like relationship that was longer than one nighter yeah. and then like i don't know didn't have right. to be in a marriage that's, that's relationship. Weird. like they don't have you know that she wouldn't she wouldn't i don't know it seems strange to me that the that like the girls wouldn't have any kind of connection i don't know you're very are you are you driving for a nuclear family mihal no i'm really oh. not i don't they, care just be aware of who their father is even if he's not so there yeah. right exactly but but they should have a chance you know to to know their dad i'm not saying top has to be married to him i'm just saying like yeah i wonder if that's like a standards thing of like well the implication that she wasn't married are they just allowed to say i guess that like that's the only way you can say it without being like yeah our our mom slept around uh, probably they just didn't really put a lot of thought into that line. I don't, yeah, they don't care, really. It's yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I would, again, I don't have a problem with it. It doesn't bother me. I just, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that I think about. Maybe we'll find out if Top shows up. No. <laughs> don't get your hopes up. <laughs> but, I mean, but at the same time, it's not like I specifically, like, I don't specifically care who the dads are you know i mean i want one of them to be Sokka, but like if you know this all ends and like they never tell us it's fine you know sure mm. we'll get a comic about it yeah <laughs> along with all of our villain comics <laughs> <laughs> is there one supposed to come out after this one hmm. uh i, I do know. think they're going to keep producing them yeah i don't think this is the last one as long as this one no, sells. i feel like there might have been a title announced let me see oh really like the next one afterwards take a look yeah, yeah. In the meanwhile, like if we're pretty much done with this one, I want I want to mention that I did read that uh, comic with May. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah. It's good comic. Was that was that a, it was a f- release for on the Comic Free Day or something, right? Yeah. 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 That was well, cool. And I the guess... kid, Tom Tom. Yeah, she shows affection for her brother. Yeah. She shows affection in general. Like it seems like she's she showed more affection in that comic than the entire series. Like she's showing a little bit more than before. She's cool. I really like her. The their, the art form was a little bit off though. I don't know because it, it was just. It was a different there. artist. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not turning up anything for a comic after this. 
There's a spoiler actually for the next one. Really? It's not a it's not a huge spoiler. Like I, I saw it in this. I'm looking at it right now for the Rift Part Three. Uh, let me bring it up again. Spoil so, us. Do you want to? It's not a huge spoiler. It's not really about the storyline. I think. Do you want to hear about it then? Yeah, or go ahead. Okay. It just it just says that uh, those two guys that were in the thing they survived and they got away. Like they it says Zinfu and Master Yu survived being tra- trapped and they gave up on their search. Hmm. So that we know that they didn't die. <laughs> they didn't boil alive and suffocate in their metal prison. <laughs> Murderer. That's I, nice. I don't know what is. This? Is this from like somebody's review? Let's see where it's coming from. Anyways, this is like an advanced review copy. Those guys were not good villains anyway. They kind of just showed up for one episode. And then... They were funny though. It was, it was okay. Uh, oh, there's other stuff not worth going into. I think. All right. When is it? When is it dropping? When is it coming out? November 18th. It <gasps> it's the same day Dragon Age Inquisition comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the date just gives me goosebumps. Not literal yeah. goosebumps, mental goosebumps. <laughs> it's okay, we all have stupid things that give us goosebumps. So this Iron Shield that... comes out soon. Oh yeah? Yes, it does. It's Monday, right? Tuesday. Tuesday. And the iron that they're dig- digging, is it like part of his body that they're taking out? Or what is it, his armor? Like what? It might be the armor. Yeah, I bet it's the armor. Because they made a big deal about like his armor being yeah. kind of separate from yeah. him. And What was the deal then? Like He just he would just chill there forever if they just did the ceremony to remember his friend? Is that like, what it's supposed to be? Like? Yeah, we didn't get the terms of whatever agreement went down between Yang Chen and him. Like. Presumably, like I, that was one thing I didn't quite understand. Is the is the Yang Chen Festival like the little rituals and stuff that the Airbenders used to do? Is that part of the agreement, or was that just something that came up in remembrance of her? It says that she she started the tradition. Let's see. It says uh, it feel like right after like she was saying we made a deal. I started the tradition. What page is that? Okay. As long as I ensured that the terms of her agreement would be honored for all time, he would never again take up his armor. So I established a ritual among my people, Yang Chen's festival. By celebrating it, they would carry on what you started, and it's all been forgotten. Hmm. Okay. What are the terms of your agreement? Rumble, rumble. My cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. So this is step two in toward Cabbage Corp. But somewhere after that, he became big. You know, I, I wonder if presumably Ang is going to like repair his relationship with Roku someone down the line. Yeah. I mean it was it was a pretty hard severing when he set that little fire token on the light. Maybe that's why Cora is like so shitty at connecting to spiritual stuff. Cuz Aang screwed <laughs> it up for her. He muddied the connection. Well, it's all moot now anyway, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're all dead. <laughs> Super dead. More dead. So even if he broke the chain, she should have been able to contact him easily cuz he's right before her. Yeah. So it's not if we go with that. Maybe uh, yeah. Aang is just, like, he's partying in the spirit world, and he just ignores Korra's phone calls. <laughs> None of the avatars are there because Roku is cut off, and that means everybody else is cut off, and Aang just, like, I've earned, I've paid my dues, I'm not doing this. I think that was probably the first, the break with Roku was the first of several mo- moments in these comics where I was like, yeah, okay, this is, Jin Yang's got something here. Yeah, like, you know, it's more than just the predictable. Everything works out okay, and like he's like, no, we gotta. I, not, I disagree with you, and we're going a new way, and there's consequences to that. Like that was good. That was one of the first moments in the in the comics where like this is going to be a good. Yeah, it does feel. Comics. I know people complain about the comics, which just baffles me because I think they're really good, and I just like. And the reason I think they're good is they do actually progress the story and the world instead of just being like 
kind of useless little adventures. It feels like we are actually moving towards Korra in a way that is logical and visible. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, if we're talking about ice and fire equivalents, I feel like they're like the Hedge Knight stories. Like they're you don't have to read them, but they if you do, they provide useful things that you wouldn't have otherwise. Hmm. The story building and that kind of thing. Gay fiddler in the next one then. (laughs) Today's George's birthday. Happy birthday, George. Mimi sent him uh, a card uh, on behalf of us and cookies. Oh, podcast, yeah. Like a real so card or like an e-card? A real card. Oh, cool. Yeah. I wonder if his house just gets beset by gifts all the time. Yeah. Letters, fan mail. Hmm. I feel like there should be more to say. <laughs> well, I think, the, I think this is it's about the length of yeah, all the comic yeah. episodes. It's usually the third one. It might be longer because we we're evaluating the whole thing and whatever comes out of it. So I think that was good. It's good to get that out there. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining me today. It was fun. Sure. As usual. No d- this is like the chorus, Cora and Avatar spans two mm-hmm. different podcasts. Yeah. It's, cool. it's like our flagship. Kind Thirteen of stuff. days until Cora comes back. Is it really? Thirteen days till comes back. Thirteen oh, days. Wow. It's insane. I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm That's gonna awesome. cry so hard. I yeah. We'll play the graduation music over the last episode. Oh God. <laughs> Pomp and circumstance will see us out. Oh yeah, it's on, yeah. I guess they'll check us out in Vassals of Kings Rave, right? Because that'll be we'll be doing multiple core episodes before the comic comes out. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So see, you, check us out in VassalsKingsRave.wordpress.com and on our forums at Podcast of Ice and Fire. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Next time. Let's see if this recorded then. I'm trusted. Well, it worked, and then we hung up and done, and then it didn't work. So, yeah. Let's see. I want to do this as a, a BOK episode. That's what we generally do. But uh, I don't mind it if you, if you want to edit it. <laughs> <laughs> Have cake, eat too. Exactly. Like I will, I, I will go through it myself quickly. But there's no rush for it to go out. I, I just don't know when I'm going to get the chance to edit it. So if you like take a week or something, that's fine. But does that interest you at all, or should I edit it? Uh, um, it, it doesn't matter. I can do it. I don't think it'll be that long of an episode. Actually, if it's under an hour, I can probably do it, which I think it'll probably be right. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, episode forty-five. So, uh, which one of you wants to, like, do a summary, if we're going to do a summary of it? I got one. Good. Excellent. You're always on. (laughs) (laughs) Just used to doing it.
Okay, are we good to go then? We have our recorders open. Yep, okay. one's going. Does it sound okay? Because I'm not using headphones. So far, headphones. sounds good. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, okay. Here we go.